Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, March 25th virtual show. We are temporarily moved virtually, and it's actually been a great space for us, so we might just stay here. You can also listen to us, our show, on podcast and on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it will affect your money. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. For any questions that you may have, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And our lineup for today's show, we have Doug Peterson of Get Priority Straight. The shocking truth about where your money goes and the habits that reinforce it. Also, we have Chasen Hendricks of Reverb Physical Therapy, how to supercharge your rehab and athletic performance. Last in studio, we have Keith Farron of Simply Communicate, improving all your communication while saving time. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50, or you can go online at themoneyhour.com. And as we do each week, we'll start out today with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. What do you have for our money chat today, Keelan? Well, I was reading a National Association of Realtors survey, and I thought there was some interesting information about, I mean, for we have a lot of agents that listen to the show, and then also for those out there in the market and purchasing. So I wanted to run through some of that stuff. So on the buying side, millennials were the largest share of homeowner or home buyers, again, for the eighth consecutive year at 37%. Um, agents out there should be definitely paying attention to that. I mean, eight years straight millennials. So depending on how you're marketing, I think it's a great idea to not lose the focus on uh, a huge uh, portion of these buyers out here. So um, 82% of the younger millennials between the ages of 22 and 30 and 48% of the older millennials were first time home buyers. So most of those younger millennials lived with family to save money before they bought, which is, I've seen that quite a bit, you know, and some of these guys just kind of bit the bullet decided, hey, I'm going to save some money, stack it up so I can get into a house. Um, Low inventory for the last couple of years, and it really, it's record low inventory has made it really hard for these home buyers. So nearly six out of 10 home buyers between the ages of 22 and 40 said the hardest part with buying a home was finding a property. And Tina and I can definitely vouch for that with our customers. But people, we do see contracts come across our desk all the time. So don't give up, get out there, get in the market, and you never know until you try. So uh, 20% of those home buyers between 22 and 30 were 
unmarried, which was a decline from last year at 21%. And additionally, 22% of the home buyers between ages 66 and 74 were uh, single women. So go ladies. <laughs> and uh, location is always key in real estate. 54% uh, of home purchases by older millennials, those ages 31 to 40, were in suburb or subdivision, which I could speak to that. I moved to Monroe. I got the heck out of the city, being there my whole life. And out of that age group, 69% said the quality of the neighborhood influenced their neighborhood selection, which I'd also vouch for that too. I love my neighborhood and it kind of drew me to this house. So um, another strong factor was convenience to workplace and 74% said, uh, said proximity to employment was imperative. So probably skewed a little bit because of COVID now, but that's what the statistics were. This was like a July, uh, 2020, uh, July 19 to 2020 report. So 57% uh, said proximity to family and friends was also a factor in their decision. Among those that responded to the NA survey and had sold a home, the most common reason was to move closer to family and friends, uh, which again, I could probably give some credit to COVID with that. We all were isolated for long. And so friends and family uh, were remind, it was a reminder of how important they were to us. So um, this was closely followed by the home being too small and then finally a change in family situation. So speaking of uh, families being close, the NRA said that the last year, the popularity of multi-generational homes increased, which I thought was kind of interesting. So homes that will house uh, adult siblings, adult children, parents and grandparents were purchased by 18% of home buyers between ages 41 and 65. So those ages 75 to 95 are the second most likely to purchase a multi-generational home, uh, which they think for many reasons, COVID, uh, families opting to save some money, or just kind of easier to quarantine together. So the largest share of homes, though, were sold, uh, uh, sold were the baby boomers at 43%. 55 and younger upgraded to larger, more expensive homes while staying fairly close to, to the uh to the home they sold as in proximity sellers 56 and older purchased a similar size home but less expensive by moving farther away uh makes sense getting ready for retirement and um the median, uh, the median for living in a home prior to selling was 10 years, which makes sense because Tina and I, when we do our uh, focus on our customers, we're always looking at that 10-year mark uh, just to see. And, and good certified mortgage advisors like ourselves, don't just think about your one mortgage. We're going to think about the coming mortgages and how we manage your debt. Um, so ages 31 and four, 240 had a median tenure of six years in the home. 66 and older was 15 years. 88% uh, of all buyers uh, and a slightly higher share of younger buyers said that they ha all had an agent during their home search. Nine out of 10 sellers used an agent. Um, and I'm kind of shocked by that. That means that 12% of all homes sale, uh, sold did not have an agent involved. And I'm a super strong believer that if you want to get the top dollar for your home, you hire a professional, somebody that's going to get out there, especially in this market for that bidding war and uh, possibly create that bidding war. And you never know what can happen, but I've seen some pretty outrageous things come across my desk. So a um, little bit of data for our people and get out there and go buy a home because it happens. Great money chat, Keelan. And yes, I think where sellers can lose the most money is when the market is hot for them and they don't have an agent because it is creating that bidding war and really knowing how to price the home. And speaking of the only lady, I'm the only lady in studio here with a bunch of handsome men. Sometimes just, we just have all the girls, but today it's special. It's just me. This is brand new for me, Tina. I don't think this has ever happened before. You just pointed that out. I'm so excited right now. Only lady. I love it. <laughs> 
This is Tina Mitchell for your Mortgage Minutes. The Mortgage Banker Association released their mortgage application data last week showing that overall application volume decreased by 2.5%. Purchases were up 3% and are up 26% from this time last year. Refinances were down 5% last week and are now showing a year-over-year -year decline of 13%. Makes sense with the increased rates. The refinance share of mortgage activity decreased from 63 3% to 61% of all loans. The comparisons are difficult on a year-over-year -year basis as purchases are being compared to a time where things were shut down and many were not out shopping, which is why there is such a strong year-over-year -year comparison. On Wednesday, Fed Chair Powell and Treasury Secretary Yellen spoke in front of the House. They did not say anything to spook the markets too much, and the House seemed to give their blessing uh, that they have accommodated policy. Now, Powell and Yellen are back at it again, this time in front of the Senate. Their, pre their prepared remarks will remain the same, but the Q&A can be a, a little bit different as the Senate's gonna be a little harsher on the dynamic duel. Now, we will have to see how the markets react to everything that's coming up. For the Fed breakdown, policy remains the same with rates remaining at zero through 2023, although the consensus is for rates to remain at zero till, till 2023. There are more Fed members now that do think that the Fed should hike rates before then. Four members see the Fed hiking rates in 2022, while seven of them hiking rates in 2023. The Fed was inclined to avoid conflict on the economy Economy and raised their forecast for growth and inflation for 2021. They believe that the GPS gross domestic product will reach 6.5% upgraded from 4.2% while unemployment will drop to 4.5% by years and instead of 5%. On inflation, the Fed sees inflation reaching 2.4% and the core rate reaching 2.2%. It could go even higher if potentially heads towards the 3%. However, it should be hopefully temporary. New home sales, which measures signed contracts on new homes were down 18% in February, which was much softer than expectations looking for the 6% drop. Sales are still up 8% on a year-over-year -year basis. The reason for the sharp decline was likely due to the cold and the ice weather in February, which deterred some buyers from signing on the dotted line. Additionally, February is a shorter month and there is not much inventory. First-time homebuyers decreased from 32% to 31%, which is still a decent level considering the shift in, in competition for homes in the lower end. Cash buyers increased from 20 to 22%. The only way that you can beat out on a cash buyer is to pay more for the home and waive financing and waive appraisal contingencies. Investors purchased 17% of homes up to 15% or down from up from 15%. Now, NAR Chief Economist Loris Young said, I still expect this year's sales to be ahead of last year's, and with more COVID-19 vaccinations, vac vaccinations being distributed and available to a larger share of the population, the nation is on the cusp of returning a sense of normalcy. Many Americans have been saving money, and there's a strong possibility that once the country fully reopens, those reserves will be unleashed onto the economy.
Now, the stimulus of March and April of 2020 totaled roughly 2.8 trillion, which is a surplus economic activity, but the effects worse off by October. Between December and the most recent stimulus package, there was roughly another 2.8 trillion. If it follows the same pattern, we could see those effects start to wear off by October again. And if that is the case, coupled with the inflation cooling down after rising in the summer months, we could see rates actually start to move lower. Also, there is the possibility of a recession next year or the year following after things slow down with the effects of this stimulus wear off. When an economy enters a recession, mortgage interest rates typically trend down. Now, the pandemic unemployment claims which gives individual benefits who would not qualify increased by 120,000, while the pandemic emergency claims, which extends claims after regular benefits expired, increased by 735,000. While the initial picture looks rosy, 19 million individuals are still receiving benefits throughout all of their programs, up 734,000 from last week compared to 2 million this time in 2020. That means that the overall more people are receiving claims. And that is your money chat. Coming up next in the money hour, the shocking truth about where your money goes and the habits that reinforce it. Doug Peterson of Get Priority Straight right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Simply communicate. Every message prepared efficiently, delivered confidently, landed successfully. How do you go about doing that? Well, all you have to do is simply communicate with Keith Farron to help you. Visit isimplycommunicate.com. That's isimplycommunicate.com. It's that simple. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, March 25th virtual show. We are currently still running our show virtually. You can also listen to our show on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. as well as podcast. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It is a great day to talk about money. That is what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are listening to our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or to connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now in studio, a regular contributor of our show, we have Doug Peterson of Get Priorities Straight, the shocking truth about where your money goes and the habits that reinforce it right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Doug, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. And a little bit about Doug. Uh, Get Priorities Straight also known as GPS, helps you establish financial integrity, develop innovative personal spending and savings habits to gain financial peace of mind. GPS was founded out of passion for positively influencing individuals, couples, and business owners 
lives by helping them transfer their relationship with their personal finances. Their comprehensive processes and tools give you clarity and insight into your financial situation so your funds support the priorities and values that you drive. You will gain control, reduce stress, and enjoy more of what life has to offer you. Love it, Doug. Happy to have you back again. Um, you mentioned specifically uh, habits. Let's talk about habits, Doug. You know, habits work for us and they work against us. Uh, it's just a way of doing things so that it becomes easier for us. It's more ingrained in our subconscious. And so if we can build good, positive habits around money, we can experience financial independence eventually and hopefully work for that paycheck optional lifestyle that uh, a lot of us are looking forward to. Yeah, and, and Doug, how many people or percentage of people do you think really have a grasp on how much money they're actually spending? There was an article by Intuit just that came out in January, and they said that 65% of people don't know what they spent last month. And from working with wealth managers, they say that most people are about 50% low on what they think they're spending. And one of the big reasons is that we all have infrequent expenses and we've committed to spending money on our car repairs. We just don't know when they're gonna hit. And so people don't set aside about 20% of what they need just for those infrequent expenses. So let's talk about, um, so what, are, what would you suggest, Doug, as some good habits around money or habits that you'd suggest to put people on the right path? You need to know where your money goes or you're gonna wonder where it went. <laughs> so begin to track where your money's going. Because if you don't, you're flying blind and often you'll say, wow, that was an expensive month. Or what a surprise, Christmas came up or a vacation or a, uh, an insurance um, payment that's due every six months. We, we just don't know where our money's going to even be able to plan and figure out what it takes. And for example, everybody's driving a car. I've tracked this for years. It's about $150 a month on average over a four year period for everything, tires, brakes, and the occasional thing you need. But people don't set aside $150 per car. Yeah, and I love Except it, Bob. For Keith. I know Keith does. Oh, nice going, Keith. <laughs> well, I know that Doug actually uh, has a, a budget and a savings for every little thing, even for his birthday gift for his wife and likewise likewise she does for her uh, for him as well. And you know, when you're um when you're actually tracking where your money's going and when you're always having something that you're saving for, you're going to spend less money, you know, because if you just think about how many things did you go buy at the store for a hundred bucks and then still wrapped in the package and now you're trying to sell it in a garage sale. I bet if you were saving for somebody and monitoring, monitoring your money, you would have never bought that item. Uh, for the women out there, how many things have you bought that are in your closet that still have the tags on it? Same thing. So, Doug, what is a common bad habit that you see people make when managing their money? Well, thinking that managing your money is paying your bills, because it's not, it's just paying your bills. You need to be intentional. And we're emotional creatures. When we see something we want, we want it. And we often figure out all kinds of rationale to get it. 
But when we have a clear picture of what we really want and what's important and say, well, it's got to come out of somewhere. You want it to come out of our vacation fund? No. You want to come out of Christmas? No. How about going out to dinner? No. You might decide you don't want that thing if you know what you're already giving up. So we give every dollar a job. So you have a clear picture and it takes all the emotion out of it. When my wife and I are working on it, it's just, well, what bucket should we take it out of? And often we do a little out of each bucket and we've got $1,500 to fix up the basement. Yeah. And you imagine now, Doug, the difference between and how worse this must be for people that don't budget because of Amazon and the ability that it is so convenient. You know, I have to stop myself whenever I see somebody with something that I want to stop myself and not go check out on Amazon at that moment, but to give some time with it. It's just so easy. Oh, you mean like air fryers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there was just something today. We're going, uh, we're going to be doing some kayaking. And one of my uh, girlfriends uh, sent me a text of something she got on Amazon to be able to carry your cocktails. It's a floating, um, you know, a floating thing that cocktails go in. And immediately, immediately I was like, <gasps> okay, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to wait and think about it. But by the way, air fryers are great. And when you do have money set aside for household stuff and you do want something, you can guilt-free buy stuff because you're doing it intentionally. So this isn't a diet. I don't even like the word budget. I like intentional spending plan. Oh, I love that. And what kind of feeling do you get? Just like when your house is nice and clean, everything's organized. I mean, there's a lot of stress relief there knowing what your money's doing. So I, I could, you know, after the fact, I can imagine just having that clarity is going to just mentally clear a lot of space for anybody. Um, we're talking a lot about habits. And one of the problems people have, Doug, is trying to get these habits to stick. And we have all these ideas, especially at the beginning of the year, right? I'm going to lose all this weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to work out. I'm going to get healthy. Uh, but it's all about habits. So what is your advice to our listeners about how they can make their habits stick? You know, one of the simplest things was a study that was done about when you decide to do something and I'm going to get that done. I'm going to work out. I'm going to whatever it is, clean the garage. But when you decide where and when you're going to do something, the rate goes up 85% as far as compliance goes. So if you just build a ritual into your life and my wife and I have an hour a week that we don't just work on finances, we handle all of our family administration, vacations, home maintenance, home projects, parties, whatever it is. And we do it in one hour and get all that detail done. And we're so much more efficient than just saying, we'll get around to it, or let's talk about this when we're both tired and it's behind. So building a ritual where you focus on one thing that you wanna get done and keep that ritual makes a huge difference. It's killing me that I, when you're saying this, I don't remember, it's called the five second rule. And I don't remember the author, but I, I've done a whole kind uh, a YouTube stuff and she's a speaker and all this. And the five second rule is once you think of something, you got to count down like a rocket ship five, four and act immediately. Cause it doesn't allow your brain enough time for you to come in for an excuse not to do it. And I put that in place and all the things that you don't want to do. And that thing is a miracle worker. 
It definitely is. And yeah, it's a gal. I forget her name. It just, it's sticking right, uh, right on my tongue here, but absolutely. And, you know, and the other thing too, just do the things that you don't want to do first. If you can't hire them out, get them done first. And, uh, you know, I'm a, a time management business efficiency coach, as well as a local mortgage expert, uh, but have it really is that's the biggest challenge with help, helping someone take control of their business is you have to create new habits and you hear it takes 21 to 30 days to create a habit it actually takes 30 to six, it takes 60 to 90 days to create a habit. Habit. So you just have to continue to do it over and over again. So Doug, as we're talking about a habit and how difficult it is, how can you make it an easier process process for changing a habit? Well, actually, if you say it's difficult, it's going to be difficult. So you want to break it down so it's a lot easier. And Charles Duhigg wrote The Power of Habit, where he talked about the elephant, the writer, and the path. And the elephant is strong, but if it's a steep path, doesn't want to go up it. The writer can see you're almost over it, but the elephant says, no, this is too hard. So you just have to break it down into very small steps so that you can succeed at it. You can see yourself succeeding. You can get it done. And of course, one tip is always do it when you're fresh, especially something that's harder for you. Don't wait till the end of the day when you've already worn out your willpower, which is a muscle but it gets fatigued just like anything else. Yeah, start small and then work your way up. Yep. So our awesome producer, Benny, hooked us up. It's Mel Robbins is the five-second rule book, by the way, for anybody oh, that's thank listening. thank you so much, Benny. <laughs> I knew it was Mel. That's what it is. Yep, Mel Robbins. Um, Doug, I know you work with a lot of people and you must see these circumstances where uh, you, you hear about what people think they spend versus what they actually spend. What surprises you when you go through this exercise with folks? Well, just the, the, the disparity. Uh, I have had people that think they're spending 10000 a month and they're averaging 21000 net going out after taxes. And I've had people that are going backwards 4,000 a month for several years and building up huge debt. And so it's quite surprising and shocking for people often when they find out really how much it is. And it's a little discouraging, but that's when you can start to change because you know what to change. So Doug, you talk about financial integrity. Will you share a little bit about that? Yeah, that's just habits. It's good habits that you know, money is a game. You can make it easy if you just understand the simple rules. And so financial integrity is just good habits with money practiced over a long period of time, get amazing results. Unfortunately, Doug, uh, we're out of time. Um, but before we go, what's one thing we can do or one thing people can do? Well, I'll tell you one thing, but I got to make a plug because I'm one of Keith Farron's clients. So stay tuned for Keith. The thing that people can do, I know Keith's shaking his head at me. <laughs> uh, one thing people can do is just get started. There's a lot of information out there. Start tracking your money. The program I use is YNAB. I can do it with my clients or you can do it yourself. There's all kinds of great training videos. It's the best budgeting software. I think it's that's out there and start tracking your finances and know where it goes. And, and hire a financial coach. That's exactly what Doug does. It's you know not a life coach, not a business coach. Well, you need those two, but a financial coach, somebody to help guide you through the process and keep you accountable. Doug, thank you so much for being here. As always, it's a pleasure uh, for us to have you on our show. And I know we've got you scheduled to come back. Thanks, great to be here. 
And coming up next in the money hour, Doug endorses our next guest. We're going to talk about how to supercharge your rehab and athletic performance with Chase Hendricks of Reverb Physical Therapy right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Do you wonder where all your income is going, even though you're making good money? Doug at Get Priorities Straight will coach you to know where all your money is going, painlessly cut financial fat, and get your money serving you. Doug has spent over 20 years mentoring professionals and found personal finances to be hugely overlooked in every stage of life. If you want to learn more and get your money serving you, contact us at info at getpriorityssstraight.com for a confidential conversation with Doug. It's not what you make, it's what you keep. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, March 25th virtual show. You can also catch us on podcast or on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint. One week and one show at a time. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio for the first time, we have Chasen Hendricks of Reverb physical therapy, how to supercharge your rehab and athletic performance right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Jason, thank you so much for joining us in studio. And I think I said that we had Keith coming up next. I might have a little mix up with our lineup, but Jason, it's you. Thanks for being here. You know, Keelan, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and a little bit about Chase. Dr. Chase Hendricks is committed to working with his patients to achieve their optimal health. Classically trained, Chasen has developed a holistic long-term approach to helping his patients address muscular skeletal issues, chronic pain, uh, and sports performance. Chasen specializes in treating patients with a combination of hands-on techniques, movement, and also an exercise. Chasen has also received advanced training and specializes in the use of electrical stimulation to reprogram the neuromuscular system to improve movement and reduce pain. He has the first Seattle-based physical therapist to be licensed to use the NuFit newbie next generation electrical stimulation technology. He and, he and his wife are raising three little boys in West Seattle. So uh, tell us about your background, Jason. Yeah, sure. So I, you know, I became a physical therapist because uh, it was the way that I wanted to reach people. Um, I'm on a mission to help people 
uh, expect more from themselves to learn that they have a really um, deep capacity to heal and kind of be part of a new revolution of health. You know, I think we we are talking a lot more, more about holistic health, integrative med medicine, and physical therapists are great people to talk to about that because, um, you know, we're helping people not just recover from injury, but, you know, some of my patients I've worked with for eight years uh, on an ongoing basis, trying to help people really achieve what they want to achieve. So, Jason, I'm sure there's uh, there's a story behind the the why in you getting into the line of work that you uh, do. Share a little bit about your uh, your why or story. Yeah, sure. I just I have just seen a need for uh, really dedicated um, medical professionals to dig deeper into really helping people not just be good enough, not just going to the doctor for eight minutes and, and getting some pills, but being able to, you know, my appointments come in to me, we spend an hour, two hours really getting to the heart of the matter, really trying to help people troubleshoot and think outside the box and really find the solution. And um, so I, I chose physical therapy as the, as the way to, to do that for my patients and for the people in my life. Um, and, you know, not just for my patients, but I'm, there's a lot of like-minded individuals like me really trying to move the needle for, for medical care. Jason, I couldn't agree with you more. As a lifelong athlete, I've seen many physical therapists in my life from all kinds of in uh, injuries. And it's interesting how your body's a machine and trying to find that source as a human being is really tough. And a lot of people just give up. Like I pulled a lower psoas muscle. So my glutes quit firing. I don't know yeah. why everything was messed up, but your body will find a way to work, even if right. it's working incorrectly. And having somebody like yourself to diagnose that is so important for people. So go see somebody like Chasen. Go see Chasen specifically. We only have the best <laughs> in here uh, because he's going to figure out where the root of all this is. Uh, tell us, Chasen, what is the most exciting? piece or part of your practice at this point? Yeah, I, I would say the, the addition to my practice the last couple of years, it's really um, got me excited. And one of the things I want to talk about today was that the, the brand is New Fit and the machine is called the Newbie. It's an acronym, but it's electrical stimulation. And I can use the New Fit Newbie to help me diagnose problems in a way that I couldn't before and really try to reach patients in a way that I couldn't before. You know, I'm a hands-on therapist. I'm used, I've, I've been trained to do a lot of manual therapy, joint and soft tissue work, and that combined with exercise to get people back to uh, their life or their sport or doing the things that they really like to do. But the, I can use the new fit machine to actually help me find muscles that aren't firing uh, for help me to turn pain patterns down so then people can instantly have less pain, things start firing, and then I can use the machine in a third way, which is to really help accelerate the, the integration of those new muscles firing more into patterns like walking and running and jumping. Um, and so anyway, I've always said as a manual therapist that I was a nervous system nervous system whisper, like trying to help people talk to the nervous system. And this is just giving me a new tool to do that, which is great. Isn't technology lovely? Yeah. <laughs> so Jason, let's talk about the different types of clients that you see in your practice. Um, so I, I see a, a wide variety of patients. I see everyone from student athletes. My youngest patient has been a seven-year-old gymnast. 
Um, and I've treated uh, individuals, a lot of my clients will send me their grandma. Um, you know, I, many of my patients are weekend warriors um, or recreational athletes, CrossFit athletes, um, and that kind of thing. Um, so, but I see a wide, wide variety of patients. Um, I'm seeing more and more patients in niche sports. So right now I'm seeing an equestrian. Um, I've got a master's javelin thrower trying to get back on the field. So, yeah. Super cool. Well, you got me interested in this new fit newbie system. Like I've had the electrodes where they stimulate your muscles. Um, but how is this different? Tell us more about what this thing does and what is this newbie new fit system? Sure. Yeah. So people that have been to PT before are experienced with e-stim, uh, and that classically is just to help with uh, pain or to lightly stimulate the muscles uh, during exercise. Uh, with the new fit system, in the beginning, I do a scan. So um, I check the body for uh, manually with my hands. I look, I, we're looking for places that are not uh, strong enough. But then I use the machine and I actually pass the electrode with a wet sponge over the body. And there'll be sp- spots that feel like they ache or like a bee sting. And those are places that's telling it that the brain's not talking to the body appropriately. And so it actually helps with diagnosis. And then I can then place electrodes over those spots, run the machine while someone's doing a simple movement, like a, just a gentle movement of the joint. And it helps then strip away the pain and then upregulate the muscle. And so instead of the classic electrical stimulation, which was kind of a, uh, more of a simple tool, which just told the muscle to c- contract. This is more like really trying to find where to put the electrodes and then how to talk to the brain. So then the, the thing is with this system, I, can, I have a lot better carryover when people are actually then going back to their sport, their brain knows what to do. And that's an important thing. Oh, it sounds like you're doing uh, just amazing uh, work and a lot of exciting things going on. Now, today we're talking about supercharging uh, rehab and sport performance. Uh, what is that? Well, you know, another way I use the new fit machine is uh, I will have individuals come to me, you know, CrossFit's become so popular and I see a lot of CrossFit um, recre- recreational athletes and someone will come in to me and they might have a, a problem with their shoulder. And their problem with their shoulder might be the fact that they're the posterior, the back of their shoulder is not doing great job stabilizing in the movements they want to do. And so with the new fit, uh, you know, and also, you know, I talk about the new fit a lot. I'm layering this on with all the other things that I've done as a PT for a long time. But the supercharging part is putting the electrodes into the movement. So I'll have people do pull-ups, do rowing, do different uh, exercises with weight while the machine is running and helping me elevate the activation of the muscles around the joint to a level that they weren't doing before. And the things I hear back from my patients are like, wow, I feel so much stronger. Wow, that movement was so much easier. uh, it, it, it condenses the time of us being able to really help get an athlete feeling stronger. 
Love that. Well, I'd consider myself in that category, a weekend warrior, Jason. Uh, I played semi-pro soccer. It was pro at the time, but considered semi now. Oh, Division great. one uh, soccer up until yeah. I was really happy to turn 30 because then I was the young guy again. <laughs> um, but um, how do you help people like myself who are out there playing at a high level, getting beat up and still need to go to work on Monday? Yeah, that's great. Well, when you come in, uh, you, you know, again, I'll use some of the classical things that I would have done throughout my practice, we'll do a lot of joint work, we'll do soft tissue work, but then layering the new fit in, um, we can help turn the pain down and then put the brain at ease. So it's not so threatened by that cut you made in the game and your knees feeling a little bit tweaked. It kind of gets rid of that tweaky feeling. And, uh, and then also maybe like ask your hamstrings and your glutes and maybe, uh, you know, to like do a little extra work. That way you're coming into the next week refreshed and your brain has that little bit of reset after playing so hard. So Jason, um, I know you help individuals with, with MS, other neurological problems and chronic pain, correct? Yes, I do. So, um, so it sounds like you just, you have a, a range and a variety of different people that you're serving that really need, uh, need your services. Yeah, it's been great. It's, I feel really lucky to have such a diverse practice and the, the new fit through the work of Dr. Terry Walls um, has really come to be uh, something important to the MS community. And so I'm happy to be a provider. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, Chasen, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We look forward to having you back again. Hopefully. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much. Coming up next in the Money Hour, improving all of your communication while saving time. Keith Farron of Simply Communicate right here on 1150 AM KKNW. You have untapped potential to heal and to thrive. Let us help you in that journey. At Reverb Physical Therapy, we're dedicated to helping people achieve their best physical health. If you're in pain or looking to increase your athletic performance, physical therapy should be the first place you turn. We'll help you heal, build resilience and strength, and maximize your potential to enjoy and excel at activities you love. At Reverb, we're also constantly investing in new tools and technology to help you achieve your goals. One of the most exciting developments is a next-generation electrical stimulation system by NuFit called Newbie, and it's been a game-changer for our clients. Reverb was the first physical therapy clinic in Seattle to be licensed and use the Newbie. Choose excellence. Give Reverb a call at 206-487-3391 or visit ReverbPT.com. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, March 25th virtual show. You can also listen to our show on podcast. Also catch us on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. We are here to help you in today's economy. 
And now in studio, we have Keith Farron of Simply Communicate, improving all of your communication while saving time right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Keith, welcome into the show for the first time. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. And again, uh, Doug gave a, a shout out. It's always nice to have uh, guests that we have in studio that are actually doing great things together uh, outside of studio and just happen to be here at the same time. Definitely. I had no idea Doug was going to be here, but uh, not only has he hired me, I've hired him. So we're, so I definitely. That is awesome. You know, we too, see. So. That is awesome, Keith. We actually see that a lot. And it's because we bring in the best of the best in studio and the best of the best hang out with each other. So we've uh, we've had that multiple times where people just randomly are here. I uh, didn't know who was going to be in studio. Yeah. So that is great. Well, a little bit about Keith. He is an author, speaker, and a message coach. He has worked with entrepreneurs, small businesses, authors, pastors, coaches, and C-level leaders at Fortune 500 companies. He has spent the last 25 years speaking on all types and sizes of stages. When he's not the one on the stage, he's helping people identify their message, craft their message, and deliver their message. He founded Simply Communicate to help people prepare efficiently, save time, deliver confidently, improve job satisfaction, and land messages effectively, impacting bottom line. When he's not consulting, you'll usually find him doing something outside with his wife and his three kids somewhere around the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Keith. So you call yourself a messaging coach. How is that different from a communication coach, would you say, Keith? Well, it was really an identity thing. It was something that when people hear the phrase communication coach, they typically go one of two directions. They either think public speaking trainer or they think like conflict of resolution, that kind of communication, relational communication. And really uh, what I help people do is, is clarify their message, then simplify their message and then deliver it well, whether they're delivering it in a meeting or a presentation or an email or on a stage and keynote. So I do public speaking coaching, but that's not the starting point for me. If you don't have a clear message, then I have no desire to help somebody put lipstick on a pig. They've got to have a clear message first. So. Yeah, and you're really helping them. I always say a, a formula is just it's a it's a confident, powerful, and to the point message. So how do you take their messaging and really get it to that confident, powerful, and to the point space? So Keith, how did you get started in messaging and communication coaching? Yeah. Well, it started. I was speaking. I was years ago out of college. I didn't feel like growing up, so I became a youth pastor at a church in Tacoma. And I and so I would speak to students and then I'd speak to, to parents and different things like that and and just kind of felt like I was moving more into doing more and more speaking. And I remember I kind of decided this is what I'm going to do full time. I'm going to go and I'm going to speak at conferences and write and all that. And I was having lunch with a friend of mine who uh, who was you know 10 years my senior. And he just said, you know, Keith, you know, you're uh, you're a pretty good storyteller. You've got good content and you're mildly funny. So you can probably wing it and have a pretty good career. But if you ever want to be excellent, you need to go to this conference. And he sent me to, and I trusted him. So I went to this conference, this public speaking training conference. And 
it was this intense thing where they just ripped, you know, ripped us apart, but it was, and we worked on body language and humor and transitions and all that stuff. But there was this, this clarity around this, this system of, of preparing a talk. And I, and I realized for the first time that, that we, we all, there are two truths we all know that we never combine. One is everyone wants to improve communication. You ask any leader of any team, company, university, whatever, what are three areas you improve these and everything improves. No one's not going to have communication on the list, right? Everyone's going to have it on the list. The second is that systems make things better. You have a system for building a car, designing a piece of software, making a sale of a product. It's, you're going to be both more efficient and more effective. So when I ask people, what's your system for improving communication? Most people don't have one. They just, well, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about that and whatever. And so I started over the next five, six years, started crafting a system of thinking through any message, no matter what the delivery model was, written or spoken. I wanted to simplify and streamline. I wanted to save time and deliver better talks, write better books, write better blog posts, help more people. So yeah, and that in the system is so important or a, a formula or a template that you can uh, follow. I'm going to definitely have to reach out to you because I'm a keynote speaker and I share my story of tragedy to triumph. I need a little humor in mine. And okay. so I'll definitely uh, send you my keynote and we'll talk about that. Let's make it happen. For sure. Keith, I think everything in life begins with mindset. Anything you do and your intention and how you set your mind up for that task. Uh, what is the mindset that you feel like you need to have to communicate effectively? It's, it's really a three-part mindset. It's, uh, and one, one part builds on the, on the next. And so the first and foundational part is clarity. Then next is confidence. Then next is creativity. And so that clarity piece, again, that's kind of where, where we started this conversation. For me, if you don't have a crystal clear message, then you trying to figure out how to get on, you know, because people ask me all the time, how do you get up on stage so many times and not wet your pants, right? Because most people hate public speaking. And so it's, they're asking me confidence questions, or how do you get on stage and use humor? Or how do you tell better stories or whatever? And so it's in the creativity department. And I, and I tell my clients all the time, clarity reduces, uh, clarity breeds confidence and unleashes creativity that once you have a clear, crystal clear message, then the rest becomes problem solving. How do I best communicate it in this situation for these people? Because I know exactly what I want to accomplish with them. And so, and we can be much more confident when we're solving a problem than when we're just not trying to look stupid or we're trying to remember stuff or we're trying to not forget our lines or whatever. And so, uh, so the mindset for me is clarity first, then confidence, then creativity because clarity breeds confidence and unleashes creativity. Yeah, that is beautiful. So what would you uh, say would be your number one tip that you could share to improve your messaging? I would say move from topic driven communication to purpose driven communication. So shift your mindset from here's what I want to talk about to here's what I want to accomplish. For me, that, you know, I talk about a system and we don't have time in this one, one deal to walk through all four steps. But the first step is purpose, that I want to know what it is that you want the outcome to be of this 
radio show, of this meeting you have, of this keynote, of this email, because a lot of time gets wasted and a lot of meetings are terrible because they're filled with content that are on that, that is on topic, but is not on purpose. And so we cloud our messages and we just, we just muddy the waters so much. So if somebody can get crystal clear on their purpose, then, then you'll save tons of time by weeding out content that does not. I've, I've heard my whole life, content is king. And I say content is not king. Purpose is king. Content is the peasant that serves the king. I love so, that. So stay so, on purpose, not content. Yeah, con content is vitally important. But if you don't have a clear purpose, then organizing content is a headache. <laughs> I love that, Keith. I can't tell you how many times we come out of some of these meetings and things and we're like, what did we just do? Like, I'm not even sure. I could have done that with my friend over a beer. I don't know what just happened here. We had no purpose. That was our problem. Uh, you, have, you have two little words that can transform your messaging, Keith. What are they? Yeah, and they lead to the purpose. And it's so that, right? I, I, when I work with corporate people, uh, whether it's at a large computer company here in town or whether it be at a large sales company that's already been mentioned in this show. Uh, it's one of those, it's one of those things that I ask somebody, so what's the purpose of this meeting or what's the purpose of this presentation? And I almost always hear this word. Well, I need to update them on the status of this. I want to, I need to up, update is the most common word when I ask people what the purpose is. And I tell you, that's not your purpose. Your purpose is never to update. Add these two little words, so that, dot, 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 and finish the sentence. Anytime that you're about to deliver a, just a ton of content, you're about to update somebody, inform somebody, educate somebody, then put those two little words, so that, dot, 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 and finish the sentence, so that we can solve our three biggest problems, so that we can reach our four top clients, so that we can make more sales this, this quarter. So that will always lead to a purpose instead of just delivering more content. Those are great words. I'm over here actually taking a lot of notes. Um, I don't believe in multitasking. I train in my time management business efficiency coach about one tasking, but I can't help it. I've got to get some of these key things. I guess I could listen back to the show. It is going to be on, on radio and podcast, but very great information uh, that you're sharing, Keith. Thank you so much. So what is the best way that you can start improving your messaging? Okay, I'll, I know we've got very little time, so I'll, I'll give two little ones. One is to reiterate what I said about purpose. Decide what it is you want to accomplish instead of what it is you want to talk about. And then once you have that crystal clear in your mind and you start organizing your content, because again, content is important, it's just not king. So once you're organizing your content, come up with a what I call the hook. It's a plural noun that you organize your content around. So because every, everybody has a hook, but if you don't choose one, your hook will either be stuff or things, right? We have a lot of stuff to cover, so let's dive in. Okay, I have several things I want to talk to you about. Right? Stuff and things are the two most common hooks out there. But if you say there are three decisions that you need to make, or if you, if you meet with Doug, he's going to tell you, you need to develop these habits, right? He used the word habits. That's his hook. Right. And, and it's not just hook as in catchy. It's hook that you hang your content on. Are you talking about decisions, questions, ideas, stories, solutions, savings? I don't care what it is. Just make sure that your hook is not things or stuff and you will 
catapult your uh, effectiveness in communication and your sales since this is the money hour. <laughs> yeah, and as we're wrapping up here, just a really quick question. So, uh, hook it could be attached to the problem of your your perfect market market and how you're the solution for that. Is that correct, or would that hook be in addition to the problem and the solution? Well, what when when I'm talking about the hook, um, I'm not I'm I'm not just talking about the main idea. When I'm talking, and we would need to unpack this a bit, but when I'm talking about the hook, I'm talking about the the label on each of your points. So. Are your points solutions or are your points answers or are your points steps or whatever? But it's, it's a way of talking through the journey you're about to take your client on or your potential, your potential client on that, uh, that definitely needs to address. I would say your purpose is about solving their problem. Yes. And the hook are each of the steps or challenges or risks or whatever that you're that you're taking just just don't use the word things <laughs> love it well Keith, thank you so much for uh for joining us on on the show uh, uh great information that you shared and i'm personally excited to chat with you uh, offline so thank you my pleasure and thank you to each of you for uh being here on the show it was great to uh to interview all of you and this is your host tina mitchell and your co-host keelan harvey we are your local experts and we're signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your week. We look forward to talking with you about money again next week, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420 and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075 are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.